Congratulations to Zach, Resurgam JSC, Ryan, and Dems for winning our free drinking glasses that we just released and are for sale for other people, but not you guys. We will be in touch with you. We will email you or contact you somehow. We'll be in touch. Congratulations. You win a glass. And for the record, they are seven ounce whiskey glasses. Uh, Alex bought one. It was like, wow, this is a really small glass. <laughs> like, oh, no, it's not. Yeah, we're aren't, we aren't giants. It is a small glass. Yeah. It's for whiskey. Yeah. But you don't have to just drink whiskey. You could drink. Yeah, it's for whatever you want, but it is seven ounces. Right. Okay. So a couple weeks ago, we kind of announced that we wanted to do the things that we've always wanted to do. Yeah. Can you remind me what your thing is? Okay. So we, we're calling this The Scary Thing with, you know, capital T, The Scary Thing. Uh, the main quest, it's it's the the thing that, like, you... It almost sounds too big, but, like, the thing you want to do with your life. Or at least a major thing you want to do with your life. The Something that you care about. For me, uh, you know, I... I work, I have a day job, and I, I build things for other people, and that's fine, and I like that. But what I really want is to build things for me that I care about, that I think the world needs uh, or, or is lacking. You know, the just these, these things, ideas I have in my head of the world needs this. And I want to build that, and I want to... You mean like a like an app? Like apps or programs or... Yeah, okay, so here's here's what... I'll go ahead and just say what I'm working on right now. Um, I care a lot about the idea of spaced repetition. I see that as one of these incredible fundamental tools to just the way we think and operate. And I, I see it as being, I mean, I think we both do, but we see it as being on the level of just writing, you know, having a notebook where you write things or take notes. Like using a space repetition system to me is like that vital. But I'm not terribly happy with what's out there. No disrespect to any of the systems there. Like, I think Anki is amazing and, you know, all the, the other implementations of that. But they're not quite what I want. I want something that uh, isn't so much tailored to somebody who's studying for a test or a chemistry exam or something like that. But something that's built to work with just you uh, in this extremely frictionless, pleasure-to-use sort of way where you just all the time every day you're just putting stuff in it and you're reviewing things and like it it makes it's kind of tailored for that where it's not clunky it's not difficult it's not really built around the idea of downloading a big deck of cards and reviewing that and like getting those memorized it's around just you using it for yourself all the time that that's like there's a few ideas that are kind of along those lines but that's the one that i'm decided that okay this is this is the thing that i think should be there out in the world and it's something that i want to try to build for myself and then for everybody else who might see that as valuable too. So that's like my first major quest. And what has kept you from doing this before? Well, like, why was this so scary? I mean, so start? this particular idea is reasonably recent, like within the past couple of years from doing this podcast. But there's been somewhat similar ideas that I've had before, or some some ideas that aren't even that lofty. It's just I want to build something that I sell for me, you know, to where I'm the company and I'm not just working on somebody else's thing where, you know, they're the, they're the boss, right? That 
this idea has been around in my head for a long time. I've even, I've found notes, little kind of journal entry type things from 10 years ago saying the same stuff. Yeah. And the reason it didn't work was me. It, it, it wasn't, I mean, who knows if those ideas were good ones or bad ones or if they would have been successful or not. But the problem was me in that I was unable to work on this for a sustained period of time. You know, I might go through a month or two of really intense interest to the point where it disrupts my life and that's all I'm focusing on, almost obsession, but then it burns out or I'm not able to kind of back up and see the big picture and I wind up spending all my time on something that doesn't really matter that much. It's just different levels of failure of myself, like my own behavior, my own understanding of how I operate, uh, not being able to, to do things consistently over a very long period of time, not be able to put my energy into the stuff that's kind of messy and important, but not that fun to work on. All, all those different failures, those come, came together to cause me to be unsuccessful in that effort every single time for a long time now. What's yours? Okay, my thing. All right, there's this artist that I've been a fan of for a very long time. He he used to work as a concept artist. This isn't James Gurney. No. I figured I'd pick a different artist to gawk about today, but okay. James Gurney also did the same thing. But anyway, Pete Moorbacher, he used to be this concept artist uh, that, that worked in games. I think he worked for Magic the Gathering uh, stuff like that. Dungeons and Dragons fantasy art. But he was a concept artist for like five years. And he started thinking, well, you know, why do I, why do, I do this art? Uh, you know, he's being paid for his time. So he does the art, the company gets the art, and then owns it. And then as soon as he walks away from that, he's got nothing. So what he started doing was, and it took him a while to kind of get to this, this model of, of things, but he started creating his own art based on stuff that he wanted to do. Um, and then he would just start selling that. So he would, you know, he would own the, the JPEG or the rights to that art, and then he would turn it into products. So every month he releases a new painting, and then that painting become, becomes like an asset to him that he then just sells directly to people through products, through through books, through prints, through a bunch of different avenues of... Yeah, you showed me like, I want keycaps or mouse pads or something even, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just everything. Yeah, like, uh, what are they called? Game mats or... I don't know. People play games on Anyway, he, he's turned his art into a bunch of different products and a lot of different ways of making money off of art. And so he... He creates once a month something that, you know, that he wants to create. He just, he's his own boss. He makes whatever he wants to. He has this perfect little schedule where, you know, every month he's putting out a new piece of work that no one's telling him how to do. <laughs> and then he just gets money on it. And the business just expands forever. Like, uh, So the art equivalent got... of what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's this exponential growth of, of art, but that's more the business side of it. Basically, he creates whatever he wants to create and then gets paid to create more of that. So it is, it's the holy grail of being a creative person. You want to work on what you want to work on, and then yeah. 
also just get paid for it. So I've been wanting to do something like that. Like he puts out a, a painting and then also a little story blurb or something um, that goes with the painting. So I've been uh, kind of eyeing him, eyeing his work for a long time, thinking, okay, I want to do something very similar to that. I want to be able to create my own work and then just kind of build on it. Like, you know, maybe each painting is related to the next painting. Maybe it, you know, maybe it's all part of this bigger story. And then eventually when I have, you know, 50 pieces, maybe they all go into an art book. Maybe, you know, maybe this, maybe that, whatever. I have a bunch of different ideas on on what I could do if I had a bunch of art. <laughs> but in the last five, seven years, every time I start, get started on working on that, I get another freelance uh, piece of work, and then I just jump on that and work on that, get the money from that, and then I'm back at, back at the beginning again. So it's been years, and I've gotten absolutely nowhere because it's just so hard to say no to the freelance stuff. So the scary thing for me is now saying no and beginning this... Okay. this thing that I've been wanting to do for a long time. And uh, you you talked to me offline, but you finished what you swear up and down, cross your heart, hope to die, is your last freelance job. You finished that this weekend, right? Yes. I have told my clients that I will not be working freelance for quite a while, which has been very difficult to do. Um, I have said no to money this last like few months. I'm just declining jobs. And then, yes, I just finished my last piece of freelance work um, yesterday, halfway through the day. <laughs> I sent out the email and I'm, yes, I'm done. All right. So you're starting your quest like tomorrow, right? I'm starting my quest yesterday as soon as I set, I okay. hit send on the email. <laughs> All right, so you're starting it now. So here's my yes. first question for you. Do you really think that the thing that's kept you from doing this has been too much freelance work to do? No, I think it's a very small part. I think mostly it's just... It's just... There's so... This, this whole, like art thing that I want to do. I've built it up so much in my head over the last half decade or so that it, it becomes very scary and very, I don't know, like it, it's got to mean everything and it's got to be the best thing I've ever done. And, you know, it's pretty cliche and typical of what people do, I think, is, you know, this thing is me, so it's got to be the best thing I've ever done. Whereas everything else is for other people, so it's oh, a lot it, easier to shift the blame that way. Or, there's a reason why it's, we're calling it the scary thing. <laughs> I, I mean, same boat for me. You know, I have these ideas of, oh, you know, I spend all my time working on this thing that's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a business, it's whatever, it's not. I've got these ideas in my head of oh, this would be so great if I could build this thing. The world needs this thing. It would it would resonate with people. They would love it and it'd be so valuable to them. That's a really nice dream to have just kind of laying in the back of your head. 
of man i just spent another week doing this thing that i didn't really care about but i, I could have been doing this like it's this fantasy that's just always there mm -hmm. yep and there's always this dream of oh well i'll, I'll do it soon you know not soon surely in a couple years i'll be i'll be living this life this parallel reality but when you actually start to do it and start to make real effort towards it i mean you might kill it i could right. i could build this thing that i have in my head and nobody cares everyone just goes oh this uh, this is not that different or that just doesn't work for me and it just you know fizzles out and dies and then all i've really done is spent a ton of time creating this thing and then destroyed my dream and now i just go back to work and think this is it this is all there right, is right. for me yeah if you do it and it fails you have squashed that yeah that fantasy in the back of your mind that gives you hope so okay let me walk you through from yesterday because i, I want to i need advice on this so yesterday i sent out the email i finished the free the freelance and i'm like God, it feels good. So I just, I bask in the glory of, of completing a task that I've been working on for months now. I finally finished it. I feel great. So the rest of the day, I just kind of, you know, relax. I take it easy. I, I kind of, you know, just straighten up my, my studio, kind of just get ready for this next yeah. great adventure. Just taking it easy. And I'm, I'm excited. So then I wake up. I go to sleep and then I wake up this morning and the second I wake up my brain just it's like it exploded and there's just fireworks going off everywhere just explosions and my head actually feels hot because there's so many ideas and so many so many things I, I need to think about I have to think about I want to think about and I'm just excited and I'm I'm just so excited so I, I you know, I go downstairs, I get my coffee, and I'm all ready to go for the day. So I sit down, and I'm just like, I'm just drowning in all of these ideas, all these, all of these things that I've been thinking about for years. You know, I have stories that I need to write. I need to figure out, you know, how to write stories. I need to talk to my friend that's, you know, really good at world building and fantasy writing or whatever. I've got to talk to him. I got to talk to my artist friend. I need to figure out, you know, how to draw you know, how do you be a good artist? You know, what's my process going to be? What's the style of finish I'm going to do? What's my website going to look like? How am I going to make this into a business? You know, how am I going to grow this? What's the social media going to look like? What's the website going to look like? You know, what, what am I going to do? How do I do this? And it just, there's just so many thoughts going through my head. And I'm, I start, I, I realize, you know, it's, at first it feels like just pure excitement and happiness. And then I start realizing it's like I've been building this tower and then all of a sudden I'm in the shadow of this enormous monument and it's getting dark and getting cold. I can't see the sun anymore. And I'm like, oh God, like all of this wonderful excitement has now turned to this tombstone, you know? And you know, I should have built it like stairs, but instead I just built it straight up and down and it could trap me here. I don't know. It, I started recognizing it as, as being the, the precursor to perfectionism and all the curses that come with that. Mm -hmm. So the rest of the day, I kind of flipped 
or I, I changed gears. I tried to back up and slow down. And I'm like, okay, this has gotten too big. I need to break it down. I need to simplify it. I need to make it easy, not hard. I need to take these expectations I have and squash them and try to turn this excitement into a long-term way of thinking. Um, okay, here's a quick example. It, this feeling made me uh, think about the situation I was in. Uh, when I first got my job, you know, concept artist for this company, I'm probably a couple months in, two or three months in, and things are going, you know, okay. I'm, I'm a nervous new guy, but it's going okay. And we get this project, and it's this really cool, really cool project. Uh, it was something like, you know, like a Jules Verne type, I don't know, place that we got to design. And the budget was, you know, off the charts. And everyone is just so excited to do this, do yeah. this project. So we get done with the meeting, and the next phase is for the concept artist, me, to do a bunch of concepts and, you know, paintings and drawings, whatever, to to build this design. And uh, one guy comes up to me and he goes, Oh my God, man, I'm so excited to see what, to see what you're going to do. I just can't wait. It's going to be the most epic thing ever. It's going to be amazing. And I'm like, yeah, Oh my God. Yeah. It's really going to be amazing. And so I get so worked up and so excited and I'm just thrilled because this is going to be the coolest thing I've ever worked on. It's going to be the best drawings I've ever done. And of course, you know, whatever line I put down, it's not good enough. No matter what I do, it just, it, it isn't good enough. And so I end up totally tanking. It was my first real bomb uh, in, in my career. It was just so bad. I remember I had to just leave the office and walk. Like I was pacing, trying to figure out what to do. I just, I could not figure it out. I was too worked up and it crushed me. And it, it was so bad and so embarrassing. So I was feeling that this morning, that not the failure part, because I haven't even really started yet other than, right. you know, planning stages. So I'm trying to be very careful what I do. And I'm, I'm wondering how you've approached, you know, long-term plans or if, or if you haven't really, uh, you know, run into that problem, you haven't felt like that oh no no i have i this is all okay, very familiar me, so all right you're you're a few weeks ahead of me because you started a little bit ago i yeah. want to hear your thoughts on how you kind of dealt with the, the long-term planning and how to come up with the structure uh i i would actually say i'm a couple months ahead i i've been i've okay. been really pretty heads down on this for a while um okay and, and wait, wait wait to 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 be fair, I have worked on this, you know, I've picked at this for years. Okay, right, So I, ha right. I have a lot there, right. I just don't, yeah. Go okay. Um, it's a big question and it's a big answer, so we'll kind of look at different parts of it. The excitement phase, you know, that, it's kind of looking at the tower slash terrifying monument that you're going to be crushed under. So excitement is a good thing. That's just energy and it's mm -hmm. engagement and you're you're focused on on this thing, right? Part of that is fantasy. Part of it is just dreaming about this amazing future that you haven't even really thought through yet. 
you know, in, in the same way that you can be terrified of a million different things that are mutually exclusive, you know, you can be afraid of going to a party because you're going to spill your drink on the host and then also trip and also say something rude to somebody. Like, you have all these different things that are going to be terrible that are going to happen, and they can't all happen. Only a couple of them conceivably could, but you're still worried about all of them. Th mm -hmm. Something kind of like that happens when you're thinking about this idea that you're imagining all these amazing good outcomes, but they're they're mutually exclusive. Like if you're building an art universe, it can't be everything all at once. Um, <laughs> right. As a very different side note, I just watched today this movie called Everything Everywhere All at Once. <laughs> And I can't, I can't talk about it because it's just the most insane thing I've ever seen. But just to the audience, I have never in my life recommended a movie to anyone because I don't really like movies, but I'm recommending this movie to you. It's just it incredible. Called? Everything, everywhere, all at once. It's a, a Chinese film, I think. Uh, it's so, so good. And it, it actually relates to what we're talking about. Exactly. Anyway, I'm sorry. I just, I have to, except for mom, don't watch this movie. I know mom <laughs> listens to okay. these. Mom, you won't like this. But everyone else besides mom, this is a great movie. Anyway, sorry. I'm so like pulled away by this, this movie that I just well, you, finished Well, you just watched it like an hour ago, right? Yes. Yeah. And I like <laughs> haven't finished processing it. But it fits into this idea of all these different parallel realities that, anyway, okay. As you get excited about this thing, that's part of what happens, is you're fantasizing. You're seeing all these different possibilities. And that's that's not a bad place to be. I think the important thing to do when you're in that mindset is to just capture as much of that as you can. So just write stuff down. Don't think about it too hard. Don't, don't anything. Just get your journal out or type if that's faster, whatever. But just like put stuff down and just write that wave for as long as it lasts because it won't really last all that long like just get stuff out so you can just kind of see your ideas and build out this landscape and then once you're once you kind of come off of that and this is what i did i've, I've got all these different ideas and these different like oh i could do this and that and this would be so amazing and it's just this big pile of stuff but once you've sort of come down off that wave then you can step back and look at this pile of things these ideas and fantasies and everything and then just start to think okay not all of this can exist at the same time you know i'm gonna have to pursue one timeline so you start thinking about that you start looking at the ideas that that feel the best that feel coherent you know it's it's you're almost reading the tea leaves a little bit and saying ah oh, yeah these things are cool i really like this this idea is all right but it doesn't really fit with the rest and that kind of stuff so you just like look at the wreckage of this fantasy trip you've had and just start to figure out okay what makes sense uh, one of the this is kind of a weird thing that i've started doing um but i i think it's really valuable if you think about a company even a relatively small company they usually have people in different roles right you have yeah, an engineer whose job is to solve problems and build things and like you're an engineer and then maybe you have the project manager whose job is usually to waste everybody's time. There are sometimes good project managers. I've seen it. So I'm not totally discounting the field, but I am discounting 80% of the field. 
but a good project manager, if it exists. I've always said that a good project manager is kind of like a unicorn. Like, it could exist, but it probably doesn't. I'm not commenting on it. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but if you imagine this, like, fantasy version of a project manager that's actually good at what they do, uh, you would see the value in that role, right? So you have the engineer, you have the project manager, this the unicorn project manager whose job it is to just make sure things don't fall through the cracks and, you know, make sure the communication is fluid and all that kind of stuff, right? Like you imagine that role and then maybe you imagine the, uh, the head of the company and theoretically their job is to kind of look at the landscape of, of what's out there in the world and the market and, and try to make sure that things are going the right direction and, and all the different roles that could fit within a company. If you imagine that and say, okay, well, I'm going to be doing something where it's just me. I have to do all of that, but you can't do it all at the same time because some of these things are just, they're just not compatible mind spaces. You can't be thinking about the big picture in CEO mode, but then also have your head down grinding away, doing real work. You know, if you're, if you're generating ideas, that's a certain way to think. If you're being critical and trying to pare things down, that's a different way to think. There's all these things that are just different. They, they can't happen at the same time, but you still have to do all of them. So what I've started trying to do is almost do this like role play type of thing where you say, okay, for the next 10 minutes, I'm Mr. CEO man. And I'm going to think real hard about the direction we're headed and whether all this stuff makes sense and whether all this work that the engineer did was really the right kind of work or if you know he spent all wasted all his time on something else like i'm i mean and i'm actually pretty pretty uh like particular about it or pretty explicit like i'm ceo right get, now you should get the ceo outfit you know and then when you switch to i've genuinely to thought of at least Mike, having hats to like put on and go all right, <laughs> right and whatever and then i'll have a hard hat that i'm engineer man or whatever but but genuinely, I think, I mean, defining them, even writing them down of saying, you know, if if I'm the concept artist, then I'm the concept artist. And this is how I think and this is what works well for me. And I'm going to do this for this percent of the time. And then you do that and then you have to switch and say, OK, I'm decision maker, man. And that's what I'm going to do for the next 10 minutes or whatever. But having these very distinct roles, I think, uh, has been really helpful for me because if not and the way i've approached this before is to just be the the engineer the whole time of i just start building stuff and throwing it together and and then never really there is no marketing person on the team i'm never in that mode of okay what is actually going to resonate with people what is going to make them want this and think that it applies to them but that's that's actually a pretty important role and you have to be there sometimes so anyway I think you should begin to think that way of if you're if you're Mr. Concept Artist, you know, Mr. Universe Builder, that's great. Do that, if, especially if that's just what you're excited about. And like I said, you have to get this down because it, it won't you won't remember this later, but just get it all down and be in that mode. But then once that is sort of passed, then say, OK, now it's time to be Mr. Decision Maker and start thinking about what makes sense and what's actually going to turn into a real thing and you know can we pursue this idea because this seems like it's hugely labor intensive and that's not going to make sense it's like you have to get into that role too 
No, these are exactly the same conclusions that I came to by the end of the day. Is oh, that's that good. when it took I woke me a lot up, longer it was... than a day to figure that out? So, well done. <laughs> well, I'm still just theorizing, but in the beginning of the day, it was almost as if all of those different characters, those different employees, were were just yelling all at the same time. Yeah. And I'm trying to come up with deadlines, and I'm trying to come up with the process, and then I'm trying to think about art and you know technical stuff, and I'm thinking about money and business, and I'm. All of that, diff- all of those different characters, and then I started. I tried to make sort of a, a very, very well. First, I just listed every single thing I was thinking about, yeah. you know, w- within reason. Uh, and it, it didn't take long before I realized that okay, I'll take one one step back further and see if I can split all of these into four different categories. So for me, it's story, art. Um, business and leisure leisure being like you know low-key reading or watching a youtube video something related but it doesn't matter too much and splitting those into four different categories kind of just just settled everything down and everything just kind of started falling into place and i realized okay well what's next next would be choosing which one is most important Right, because now we got to order all four of those groups into a, a you know a hierarchy of importance. So the art category obviously goes into number one, and so that one I need to spend seventy percent of my time on. And then the the writing, I don't know, I did like twenty percent or something, and then five percent for the other two. And so that art category takes my morning slot every day. So I, I now have sort of a schedule in place that makes sure that my priority is number one every day. So I'm I'm excited about that, and and having that is kind of is relaxing to me. But what you said about the different people, I think I think that's the secret, and um and being able. Okay, so I was thinking of like this the CEO version of you or the boss man version of you. Yeah. needs to choose deadlines and needs to do it in a bit of a sociopathic way where you don't really care too much about the other workers or whatever because you're thinking big picture and some of those problems need to be solved by those lower level employees. So the boss man you needs yeah. to think in these different terms and kind of be ruthless about it. So I was thinking... Um, and, and so, like, coming up with deadlines obviously falls on that character part of you. Now, how do you make concrete deadlines when you're working for yourself? It's very, very difficult because you can always find a reason to push it. You can always find a reason to get out of it. So, I was thinking of, okay, well, what already works for me? This podcast works pretty much because I have someone else involved that I can't let down. I have other people that, you know, it's this whole thing that just, it's every week for the most part. I'm <laughs> pretty good about it. Um, yeah. And then for work, I always stick to the deadlines because it's just the way it is. There's other people involved. So I was thinking, <laughs> and just announcing things on the podcast or anywhere make it official like we we made it official to start the scary thing this mm-hmm. little quest thing and and now we're doing it 
Whereas we've been saying it to ourselves for years yeah. and never done it. But now we said it to each other and to a bunch of other people. And now it's official and now we're actually doing it. So when it comes to deadlines, I want to make sure there's some sort of concrete thing holding me to that. And yeah. So that's how I'm going to try to approach it is whenever I come up with a deadline as the CEO of my own little thing. Yeah. I need to connect it to something concrete and real and, you know, preferably another person or some sort of structure that's outside of, of me. So here's the thing with deadlines. Because I'm actually, I'm still kind of trying to sort this out a little bit in my head. But so when I'm given a deadline, and I don't mean metaphorically by CEO version of me, I mean just actually in a job. Say, hey, you have mm -hmm. to have this done by this time. We're going to ship it, whatever. So that can do a few things. Sometimes that just leads to a, a massive painful crunch where you're working super late every day, you're totally burned out, you're miserable, you're not doing your best work, you're just having to throw time at the problem until you get it done by this day, right? And that's not great for a few reasons. One, to do something really good, you need to be working at your best, or at least as close as you can get, so you know that kind of crunch time never leads to great stuff it just doesn't um but also it leads to burnout yeah. you know that accumulated fatigue and that is one of the major things that has sunk me in the past is burnout where i'm going so hard and, and sometimes it's not sometimes it's it's fun even you know i'm obsessed i'm really enjoying what i'm doing I, it's hard for me to disengage from it in fact that's more often than not the thing that has happened so that can't be the way because that is sunk projects before so if a deadline causes that to happen you're a huge risk of just burning out now deadlines can do other things too i mean deadlines can force you to say okay i have this much time left so now i need to really get down to the stuff that's very important and ignore the stuff that isn't or not be a perfectionist that's that can be a good antidote to perfectionism like so it, it can have good effects too but i right. think you got to be careful with that yes and i'm trying to come up with some sort of happy medium where I'm not destroying myself and art to meet a deadline, you know, because if I'm miserable, it's not working and I'm right. just going to go right back, you know, that then this just doesn't work at all. But if I work forever on a piece right. and never turn it in, you know, that's, I don't know. So that's one thing that I've got to figure out. And I think that just doing it over and over again will help me come up with a plan because right now i'm i'm going off of zero experience right with, with this type of thing so so one of the biggest things that i've been we've talked about this a bit before but i'm not spending every free second working on this stuff even though i want to i mean i genuinely mm -hmm. want to uh I, if it were up to me this is what i'd be doing all the time and i'd be pushing off work and i'd be pushing off everything but i'm not uh, because I'm worried about that happening of just kind of my mind exploding and then crashing and burning. Because that is what's happened before. 
right. it feels like the, the right thing to do, but I know from experience that it isn't. So I'm, I'm capping my time on this stuff where I spend up to two hours a day uh, with some exceptions. Like on weekends, it can be a little bit longer or if, you know, if, if I'm taking time off of work, then it can be a little bit longer. But on a normal day, it's two hours and that's it. So a deadline, if I said, okay, I have to have this feature done or I have to have this problem solved by Friday and it's Monday, that means I have 10 hours. It doesn't mean that I get to stay up until 4 a.m. working on it, which right. is, you know, what, what has happened in the past. That's a different kind of deadline. It's a, I have 10 hours and this thing has to be done. So this really cool idea that I had of some super fancy special technique for implementing this thing, if that's going to take me 25 hours to build, then I can't do it. Like, it doesn't matter that I have some fantasy in my head of how cool it's going to be. I got to use something simpler. I got to make it actually happen. And that has been very effective. And it doesn't lead to that major risk of, of burnout that I've experienced before. So that's kind of been my implementation of a deadline is that I don't get to spend any extra time on it. I just have to have this thing done by this date. And that's worked pretty well. It, it forces me to really focus up during that time and think, okay, is this thing that I'm, is this avenue the right one to pursue or not? And, and I have to make those kinds of decisions. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about doing this every day because I have to cap off my time too, not by choice. Just I have to because I got to go to work and I got to do other things. But it, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm just excited about doing it every day. And I, I think it will mitigate the perfectionism. I think. I, I, so there is this idea that we've, we've kind of been talking about somewhat, but I have a name for it. I would like to call it continuity. And I mean continuity of you as a person from one day to the next. I mean, future you and present you and past you. All three of you have to kind of team up to make this work because it doesn't work otherwise. And it, it hinges around you. You know, if, if it's Monday and you have two hours to work on the thing that you're going to work on, your main quest, then you think about those two hours and you think about future you, Tuesday you, and what that person is going to need, uh, and about how it's... You know how uh, one term for uh, drinking that I've heard that I like is stealing happiness from tomorrow? Like you, <laughs> okay. you have a lot to drink, so you feel really good, but then tomorrow you feels terrible. So that idea applies a lot here in that Monday you is going to be Tuesday you and you got to make sure that Tuesday you is in a pretty good spot. So what you don't want to do is you don't, first of all, you don't want to go nuts and spend all day on it and blow off your normal jobs that Tuesday you has to make up all this slack and deal with all this, you know, stuff that you weren't excited about. Right. So Monday you has to be responsible in that way. Monday, you needs to not do all the fun stuff and then push all the really crappy, frustrating stuff that you don't want to deal with to Tuesday, you because then Tuesday, you has to start with that. And that sucks. So 
and, and just th that idea of maximum recoverable focus, I think, is really important here, too, where, you know, e even getting, ex it doesn't matter if you're excited or not, if you just go nuts and you're just, you know, your mind is on fire, ultra focused on everything, but that leaves you fatigued the next day, then you're kind of screwed for the next day. Like, you, you have to maintain that, that continuity from one day to the next, where whatever you do today has to set up yourself for tomorrow. And I think I mentioned this before too, but I, every single day, as I'm starting to, to wrap this stuff up, I leave messages for tomorrow me of, hey, do this thing first because it's really easy and it'll get you back into it. Like, I left this for you. This is going to be fun. Just do this little thing. And, and then tomorrow me, you know, it, it, and it happens every time, but you know, I, I wake up, I do the little morning routine, I stumble into a coffee shop, I get my coffee from the rude barista, and then I sit down, and I start in this thing, and like my mind is not working yet. I'm just, I feel just slow, and like it's, it's the focus train, right? Like it's not really moving yet, I'm just, I'm kind of sitting there, I'm staring at this big page full of stuff. Um, and it's really hard to start getting into the really hard problems. But if I have something simple, that's concrete, that's solvable of, Hey, here's the first thing to work on. Just go right here, start doing this thing. It's this, it's this beautiful on-ramp into that, that more focused mode. It only takes 10 or 15 minutes before I really start to, to get moving. And then I'm starting to think and getting excited and then I'm, I'm right back into it. But just leaving that little ramp for myself is such an amazing thing, but it's never what you want to do what I want to do is just work and grind and like do all this stuff while I'm really excited up until where I get really fatigued and maybe I hit something that makes me frustrated. And then that's what I leave for tomorrow. Me is just me getting stuck and hitting my head against a brick wall. And that's the worst possible thing for the, the next day right. that I actually think that is the single most important thing in this entire endeavor is being able to maintain the continuity from one day to the next. And I have not missed a single day of working on this since I started at least two months ago, which is incredible. I mean, there's been there's been bumpy spots where I've gone a little too hard and then had a hard time getting back to it or whatever, but I every single every single day I've been able to do this. And it mostly is from that concept of do like taking actual time and real effort to set yourself up the next day to where you aren't fatigued and you're you're able to get back into it and everything just just moves smoothly from one day to the next i have like five more topics i want to talk about so i think we should cap our time off at this okay and continuity and, and... <laughs> yeah. all right and we'll talk about them soon i i guess yeah. Okay. The other thing I wanted to just take note of is this extreme, and, and I guess you had the same exact experience, but this extreme excitement at the beginning of a project. And I haven't even started yet. Yeah. So I'm, I'm predicting that either the next time we talk about this or the, the next time after that, I will be at a very low point. I just that, that that could be and that's fine. I mean, yeah. I you know, that's been my experience as well as these kind of high and low points and everything. But I would just say right now, if you're at the high point, that's that's one state of mind. 
And there's downsides to that state of mind, and there's risks in that state of mind, but there's also really great things about being in that state of mind. So just ride that wave, have your notebook all the time. Again, you'll forget 95% of what you think of. I unless, got my right. notebook. All right, yeah, all right, okay. all right. I know you're on board with that too, but just, you know, a reminder of how utterly important that is. Just get that stuff right down. right here. Okay. <laughs> all right, good. Mine is, you know, right here. Okay. I have I have two now. This is the StarCraft one. This is the everything else one because I was just filling up journals with like StarCraft stuff because now I journal when I play, which is got to be the only person Look, in the world who does that. That's my second one, and this is my first. Okay. So, right. yeah, we will both have two. Okay, good. All right. So just ride that wave be in that mindset know that you won't be there for all that long that's okay you'll you'll get back to it at some point but just just be in that state of mind right now i like that okay yeah all right <laughs> so we'll we'll get into these other five topics that dan has to talk about soon um but it, it, anyway so first off thanks uh everybody for kind of talking about your main quests uh, that was really really cool to read about and, and see and i know we're we're giving away some glasses but that's pretty small potatoes in comparison to just hopefully we're encouraging people to to start working on these things and uh share your experiences too because it doesn't feel like there's a lot of guidance out there for people doing this sort of thing it's just not not the kind of thing we tend to talk about so thank you for that um as always, you're welcome to leave comments here or in our Discord, or you can email us at theoveranalyzerspodcast at gmail.com. Remember, we do have merch for sale, a whopping two items. We have the glass and we have the coaster, which I love the coaster. I got it. Oh, there we go. I okay. Yeah. I, I just I just got mine in uh, the other day. I think they're super cool. Um, that's a biased thing to say, but I think they're cool. So you can check that out too. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you next week.